podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hot Lap. Thank you for joining me once again. Um, we've we've had Monaco. It's now ooh, four hours, I'd say, since the race finished. Um, not great, was it? Let's be perfectly honest here. There was some shenanigans that happened that made things slightly interesting at certain points. I don't really think there was one like racing overtake. Maybe maybe a couple of people might swap positions over uh, on the start into the first corner, but no uh, no moves that I can remember. Um, yeah, not great. Not not a great Monaco. I mean, like Monaco's in general. I think I'll, it's probably my least favorite circuit on the calendar now. Saturday's qualifying is always more interesting than the race. Um, I, I, don't, I was quite surprised. I thought, given the um, like the comparative amount of newbies on the circuit and like maybe the quality of a couple of them as well, I took it for granted that we might have a crash in a safety car. And there wasn't really there wasn't really any of that. Was there a safety car might have really spiced things up a little bit? It's probably what we what we kind of needed was to bunch the pack up a little bit, especially after all the pit stops were done and uh, maybe given Carlos a chance to try and attack. Uh, Max, but we just we just didn't get it. And I mean, the drama started from the beginning of the race with Charles Leclerc. And before we start talking about the race and those pe- and like subsequently the people that finished, people that didn't, um, I personally think Charles Leclerc did that on purpose. Sorry, guys. Um, I know it's going to be it's going to be quite a controversial one to say that because I don't. I don't think there's a huge amount of people say saying that, and people keep keep saying, "Oh yeah, but he, you know, he damaged his car, and he could have hurt the gearbox, which he he fucking did, didn't he?" Um, but it's the way he he took such a chunk off the front of his car going into that corner, like, and it, it must be difficult to like. Let's just just go with me for a second before I give my rationale for it. Um, it must be quite difficult to crash a Formula One car. You know, because like your body has that inbuilt mechanism in it, which means you, like most of us, unless something fucking horrific happens to you, uh, most of us want to be in that position where uh, we protect ourselves from possible injury or pain. Um, and I feel that was the easiest way to maybe accidentally stuff your car without having people look at you is just to take an extra inch out of that corner, like lose the front end. Um, and I personally, I think he did it on purpose and personally, I think he did it with too much gusto and I didn't quite expect the outcome of why, of what happened and the, the level of damage. And I'll tell you why I think he did it on purpose. First of all, I believe this was probably a discussed Ferrari move. Um, they probably won't have another chance like Monaco to win a race. 
you know, it's a they they didn't really have the race pace. I don't believe for pole. They were they were, they had the race pace to be in, in the fight for it. Don't get me wrong, um, but I do believe that if qualifying had finished, um, and Bottas and Verstappen would have usurped Charles Leclerc. Um, so there was a vested interest in Ferrari orchestrating something. Second, it's not fucking above Ferrari to orchestrate something. Um, third, I don't know if you guys heard it. I I, I caught it on the build-up to the Grand Prix on the F1 uh, TV thing. So those of you that's got that have got F1 TV that were watching the build-up, you might you might be with me and you might have heard this. Um, I messaged the guys from Three Legs Four Wheels. They didn't hear it on the Sky side of it. So maybe to some of you guys listening to this podcast, this might be news. But um, when Shaw went off, Ferrari called, called, they rang him up, like one of those big dialy, dialy things, like putting the finger around, 0800 Carlos, got Carlos on the phone uh, and said something along the lines, I can't remember what they said, to be perfectly honest, something along the lines of uh, yellow flags, Charles out, by telling them that he couldn't put a fast lap in. Carlos's reply was, uh, I'm sorry, guys, this just isn't fair. And I kind of think maybe Carlos was privy to something that uh, we weren't. And he knew what the what the idea was as far as Ferrari goes. Uh, or he'd, you know, he'd been involved in the talks about what was going to go down. And yeah, I think he was upset by it. It worked out fine for Carlos in the end, but that's what I think happened. Uh, and I think Charles Leclerc crashed his car on purpose, but I think he did it too well and really, really crashed it. Should have got pointers from um, Nelson Piquet Jr. But that's just what I thought. Please message me. Tell me what you think. Uh, that's, I mean, it's especially for next weekend. There's no Grand Prix next weekend. Maybe we can make that a talking point for the end of the show. I can go through what you what you guys thought. But it just it ticked too many boxes for me that it was too handy for Ferrari. And, oh, it yeah, it's, you know, is it an easy decision to make for a racing driver? Feels like it, doesn't it? You know, it's if you've got two guys that are chasing you that are quicker, you think you've got, you know, I mean, that, let's not forget, they've already done two sessions there, so they probably knew that when, when Merck and where Red Bull turned everything up, they probably knew they didn't have enough really to do it on race, like race trim. Um, and once again, Monaco, not the friend of Charles Leclerc. So yeah, we, um, I'm sure there'll be discussion on this. I don't think there's been enough discussion on television, actually. Um, Ted Kravitz on his qualifying notebook said an interesting thing. He said, uh, people keep saying, oh, well, Charles Leclerc is too nice to do these things. He's too much of a nice guy. And he pointed out, yeah, everybody's a nice guy until they do something bad. So I thought that was just an interesting thing to come from someone like Ted. Um, yeah, it would make sense to me. It would make sense that Ferrari Ferrari had one chance. See, this goes with the gamble of essentially saying, yeah, that gearbox will be fine, lads. Um, they knew it was... Uh, 
they knew they couldn't win that race from out uh, from off pole. The only chance they had to win the race was from pole. So they absolutely gambled Charles Leclerc, Charles Leclerc's car um, on on keeping pole. Yeah, it was just a roll of the dice. They obviously didn't know Rim Park for Fermi regulations. They don't want to break any seals. Um, and yeah, they fucking didn't want to break a seal, but they clubbed their own race. So we move on. Charles Leclerc obviously did not start. Cheats never prosper. Um, DNF for Valtteri Bottas. A tough race for Bottas. Um, he didn't seem to have the pace at the beginning of the race when Max got ahead of him. He, uh, well, sorry, when he didn't get ahead of Max. He seemed to be using his tyres more than those around him, the same as Hamilton seemed to be using his tyres more than those around him as well. I don't think... Um, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that even with Bottas finishing the race, that he wouldn't have dropped further down the order. I mean, if Lewis Hamilton is losing out three positions because of pit-stop strategy, I think Bottas would have lost out to Carlos and um, Lando Norris anyway at some at some point during the race, during the pit stops. So for me, it was... It, it's almost masked a bad weekend for Bottas, the the problems he had like with the with the wheel nut on the pit stop. So the, for those of you that didn't listen to the race, Christ knows why you listened to a podcast about a race you didn't see. But uh, he went in for his pit stop and they threaded the, uh, like machined the thread off the wheel nut and couldn't get the wheel off. Wheeled up into the garage, carried on trying. I mean, the last time I checked before I realised that he'd actually not finished the race, he was well over a minute in the pits. I don't know why they continued. As soon as it hit like the 30, 40 second mark, why do you continue in Monaco? It just makes no sense. I mean, at very, very, very best, you're going to get a safety car and you might get your, the lap you'd be, you know, you might get to unlap yourself. But uh, even then, you'd still be at the back of the grid. Just an amazing thing there, people. I was that animated about what I was talking about. I just hit my fist on the desk like in a total wolf way, pressed the space bar and stopped recording. So, yeah, if he'd have, um, if he'd, even with a safety car, he'd have been at the back of the grid on the same lap as everyone at Monaco, still double fucked. So, yeah, bad weekend for Bottas. Just, I think it's his pace that's what that worries me the most. He, um, it used to just be because he had the car advantage over um, Red Bull. You know, he'd more often than not he'd be behind Lewis. But now that Red Bull have like well and truly got a car in the mix, and especially here, like Mercedes fucking struggled. Um, he just uh, he's he's a liability to that team, I believe, and I, I genuinely believe that he will end up losing them both championships this year. Um, this is, I, I definitely, I was, we were worried, I think that maybe this championship was a false dawn. Um, this race has shown, even though it's an outlier, but it has shown that Mercedes are fallible right now and they are fallible because they're under pressure. Um, and it's something they're not really used to. It's something, uh, I mean, I know for those of you that follow me on social media, you might've seen, I put some sort of shit post on, uh, Facebook just to see if I could wind people up. Um, about Lewis Hamilton, like just struggling under the mental pressure. 
I was bored on Saturday afternoon. What can I say? And I just wanted to see how many people get really, really angry about it. So, um, but I, I think there's some truth to it now, to be perfectly honest. Like in that race, he uh, he struggled, man, and he was snapping. But we'll talk we'll talk more about Lewis a little bit later on. Uh, we've got to get through the people that don't really matter in this race first. Uh, Mick Schumacher, um, you know, he he was there. I don't really remember anything he did. Um, he was with his teammate, but whatever. Uh, the Haas drivers, I feel sorry for. One of the my favourite tweets I got um, after the race was, shout out to Mazepin. I will shout you out later on when I go through the talking points. But a shout out to Mazepin, who didn't crash into somebody's house and finished ahead of Michael Schumacher, of Mick Schumacher. And I thought it was dead funny. Um, so, yeah, Mazepin was 17th. Sonoda was 16th. Um it's not, he's not, it, something's gone with Sonoda, hasn't it? You know, the, I, again, I, I think there was an overhype with him because he did so well as debut and it's, he tested so well. But um, yeah, he's he's looking every bit the Takuma Sato right now. Um, Nicholas Atifi was 15th. George Russell was 14th. Again, not really much movement from um the Williams guys, Fernando Alonso was 13th. We will talk about Fernando a little bit later on because he is one of the talking points. And I don't want to repeat myself. Uh, as is Daniel Ricciardo in 12th, a talking point. Um, we might as well just have a quick word about Daniel and um, Fernando. I have no idea. I mean, it's worse. It's worse for Daniel than it is Fernando for obvious reasons, uh, i.e. distance and like competitive order running for his teammate. But crazy, crazy times from a two-time world champion and a guy that I, I, I mean, I still believe that with a car that suits him, like in a, a Jensen Button type situation, if he was given the tools to become a world champion, I think Daniel Ricciardo could do it. But I do. I just there's just something about this McLaren that he is not getting on with. Um, but yeah, we'll talk more about Daniel later on. Some, I think somebody put some talking points up. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, eleventh. It's I mean you've you've got your like two of the old guard and one of the sort of medium guard there, just on the outskirts of the points. Maybe this is maybe this is what we're actually seeing. Really, is like this changing of the guard more than. Uh, more than maybe people not performing, maybe they, maybe just the level of midfield drivers is is really pushing on a little bit, you know. And you've got people like, <coughs> wow, anyone else would edit that. Um, but yeah, you know, you've got the likes of Giovinazzi that he finished in tenth, getting a point. He's He's picked his game up considerably from last year. You know, I didn't think they should have kept him, but he's been outperforming Kimi Raikkonen. So outperform your teammate. You deserve your seat, really. Um, Esteban Ocon in ninth, another guy which has massively up, uh, upped his game, uh, looking like a solid Formula One driver that could be around for years. That's I think that's where I don't think he's ever going to threaten the top step of the podium, but... He is definitely now in the Jean Alesi, Jean Alesi world, uh, or sorry, aspiring to be in the Jean Alesi world and the Giancarlo Fisichella world. Um, 
who have we got? Lance Stroll finished eighth. A solid job from Lance. Um, considering he didn't, you know, he looked a bit at sea in qualifying, and you know, it's a double double points finish for Austin Martin. So it's a good day for that team. Lewis Hamilton in seventh, which is the biggest shock for me for um, for this race. Even looking at the order, I was thinking to myself, should I stick a tenner on Lewis to win the race? Because he was like 16 to 1. And he thought, when do you get odds like 16 to 1 on Lewis Hamilton? And then I thought, the odds are 16 to 1 for a fucking reason, Lee. Put your tenner away. Stick it on Lando Norris. And I fucking didn't, did I? Because I'm a dickhead. Um, but yeah, Lewis, we, we, again, we're going to talk about him in the talking points a little bit later on. Struggled in qualifying, struggled in the race. It's going to be a one-off. You know, the guy's class, so it's it's not... I, I don't think there's going to be a panic button pressed, but what I would say there might be a panic button pressed is he can't drop his head like this and win a world championship. He gave up during this race. Like he gave up. He asked where Bottas was, found out Bottas wasn't up the front, and then he gave up on his own race. And I think, you know, come on. I realise you're struggling in the Mercedes. I don't see... I don't understand why he couldn't have got on the back of... Um, Pierre Gasly more than he was given the machinery that he has um, Pierre Gasly a great race from Pierre Gasly again uh, finishing sixth he's he's showing that he's, he's he's he might end up at the end of this year as one of those guys that if a Austin Martin or a uh, Alpine are looking for another driver then he might be the guy that sort of fits the bill for them. Um, uh, that's the problem, isn't it? He's kind of in no man's land in AlphaTauri. I don't see him getting back into a Red Bull anytime soon. But AlphaTauri, I don't think, are ever going to challenge, like consistently challenge at the top. You know, you might get the odd race where their car works, but he needs more, doesn't he? And time, time will run out for him like it's starting to run out for Daniel Ricciardo, I believe unless he makes some fucking moves rather quickly and somebody wants to clear out of a like a... I mean, not even a top seat, but at least a seat that you can build around. You'd like a Williams, for instance. Like maybe if um, if George was to go or Nicholas Latifi was to be dropped, maybe Williams would be a good place for somebody like Pierre Gasly to go and cross his fingers and hope they can sort things out for the new formula. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, uh, number five in fifth, Fucking great race from Sebastian Vettel. Deserved driver of the day in my books. And and that's the sort of the gap you expect to see, uh, like a four-time world champion in Lance Stroll in my eyes. You know, I don't I don't think Lance has done a terrible job by any stretch of the imagination. But I just don't believe that he's uh you know, he's ever gonna be to the to the standard that Sebastian Vettel was. So yeah, hopefully this is a step forward for Sebastian Vettel. Maybe this is the confidence he needs to really push forward. Um, Sergio Perez, great race from Sergio Perez. Should have been up there probably earlier. What we're starting to see is is that he's still got his race craft. He can still race a Formula One car, but he needs to step it up on Saturdays to be in the mix to help Max because his race was about rescuing Sergio's race and not about being the team player for um, Red Bull. You know, it's they, they were, Red Bull were kind of lucky in a way today that Mercedes just sort of imploded on itself. So 
you know, it's he he should have been up there. He should have been on the podium, really. You know, he had the car to be on the podium. He definitely had the pace to be on the podium. You know, it's it was the a stunning drive from Lando that stopped him being on the podium. But if he'd have qualified better, I don't think there's anything that uh, Lando or Carlos could have done about stopping a Red Bull one-two the way the race worked out. Uh, Lando Norris finished third. Again, we are seeing, in my eyes, the ascendance of a future world champion in Lando Norris. He's in the form of his life since he's been in Formula One. McLaren's in the form of their life since they took Honda engines, or sorry, since the sort of like Merquent squiff, really, aren't they? You know, it's um, they're, they're probably sorry, no, they're probably back, aren't they? They're probably back where they were with Merck engines. Thinking about it, Jensen Button won his last race, won the last race for um for McLaren didn't he in the Mercedes era and then everything went fucking back crazy when they got the Honda in so yeah it's it's back where it was before the Honda period uh, or at least it is in Lando Norris's hands it's great to see you know he's a he's a podium contender and he's showing that if any of the top boys in the top two teams, I mean, there was three top teams because Ferrari did have the pace on McLaren this weekend, which is unusual. You know, it's like we're not used to seeing that this year, uh, Ferrari to have the pace on a McLaren. But like Lando is showing that that car in his hands, if the top guys aren't on the ball, like a Mercedes don't turn up for a weekend or Sergio Perez doesn't qualify right, he's the boy that's going to pick the podiums up, you know. So yeah, it was a great race from Lando. I was well happy he could hold he could hold on to it, and it's nice for me to have the guy I support doing well again. I haven't had this since Jensen Button, um, and since Jensen Button in that Mercedes McLaren McLaren Mercedes. You know, you know what I mean. Uh, Carlos Sainz, another great great drive from him. His best drive for Ferrari. His first podium for Ferrari. Uh, again, I'm still convinced that over the course of this this year, as Carlos gets his head around that Ferrari, I don't think Charles Leclerc will have an answer for him because I think he's a class act. And I, I can't help but look at this uh, top three, this podium, and think, I wonder in five years' time how many times we're going to see Max Verstappen, Carlos Sainz, and Lando Norris share a podium because... I think it's going to be reasonably fucking regular. That's the future of Formula One there, people. You throw a Charles Leclerc back up there, maybe a George Russell. They are your future stars of Formula One. And we got the we got the podium today. Believe, I believe it's the youngest ever podium if you had all three ages up together. Wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I think I read that somewhere. Uh, Max Verstappen won the race. Just a clinical Max Verstappen race, really, wasn't it? You know, he didn't... After he took the race, it didn't it didn't look out of hand. You know, the he he did have that thing where you feel the only person that could have stopped him winning that Grand Prix was him, and he didn't stop himself winning it. He did win it. So a great race from a a great race from a worthy champion. You know, I don't I don't really know what to say. I really don't know what to say about um his performance, it was just, it was bang on. It should have either been him or Sebastian Vettel in my eyes that got driver of the day because he was just a bit faultless, wasn't he? And I am wondering, are we seeing a turn? Are we seeing Lewis become the 
a hot-headed, emotional driver under pressure? And are we seeing the steely, like like galvanizing effects of fighting for a world championship happen to Max Verstappen? You see it in drivers sometimes. You saw it in Jensen Button when um, he he won his world championship. Um, in Brazil, really, you know, that's where he really sort of stood up in his seat and won that that after having some pretty shaky results because you could see the pressure was getting to him. Damon Hill is another one. You, like He changed as a driver when he had the opportunity to win a Formula One, a Formula One World Championship. We saw it with Michael Schumacher. You know, these drivers, they, like, who would we, who would we, we would consider icons of oh, icons? Yeah, I think if you, if, I think if you're a certain world champion, you can class yourself as an icon. Um, these guys changed at, at a point, like in the same way that Lando Norris has changed to become this regular podium scorer, and they just seem to get like a bit of a download where something else clicks and something falls into place, and I feel something's fell into place for Max Verstappen, and I personally think he's going to win this world championship, but. That was our uh, our grid, people. Um, I'm going to be silent for a split second here because I want somewhere to put the ads this time. Instead of throwing an ad in fucking willy-nilly, like not knowing where it is, I'm going to do it right now. So here's a message from our sponsors. Right. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that worked. I hope it was nice and smooth and I hope I put it in the right place. If I didn't put it in the right place, I'm going to look like a right burke, aren't I? But that was our Grand Prix. So let's have a quick look at the um, standings. And then once we've looked at the standings, we're going to look at your comments because you guys were fucking ace this week and you gave me loads of stuff to talk about in the um, in the talking points. So I'm, I'm really excited about getting to the talking points, to be perfectly honest. It's going to be my favourite part of this podcast. Um, championship order. Max Verstappen now leads the world championship by four points over Lewis Hamilton in second. Lando Norris is third in the championship on 56 points ahead of... Um, Veltri Botas on 47 points. I did not think Lando would get back into third in this championship. And I think that is fucking wonderful that not only has he done it, he's done it by a chunk because uh, Veltri didn't finish the race. Uh, 44 points just behind um, Botas is Sergio Perez now. Uh, in sixth is Charles Leclerc with 40 points. Carlos Sainz hot on the heels of uh, Charles Leclerc with 38 points. Daniel Ricciardo in eighth with 24. That's, that, I mean, that shows actually as far, as far down the grid he is from uh, Lando on most, of the, most occasions at the moment. Um, he's, he has been scoring points regularly. You know, he didn't score any points today. That wasn't ideal for him. But, uh, you know, he's he's got half the points of Lando Norris and Lando Norris is in the form of his life. So Daniel Ricciardo has still got points in the bag that if he can sort his form out, he can still make some sort of impression, I think, on the championship standings by the end of the year. Uh, Pierre Gasly in 16th, Esteban, uh, in, sorry, in 9th with 16 points. Uh, in 10th is Esteban Ocon with 12 points. 10 points for Sebastian Vettel. Lance Stroll has 9 points. Fernando Alonso has 5. Sonoda 2. And in 15th position, Antonio Giovinazzi on 1 point. I cannot believe that Kimi Raikkonen is still yet to score uh, to trouble the scorecard. 
How strange. Kimi Raikkonen 16, George Russell 17th, 18th Nicholas Latifi, 19th Mick Schumacher and 20th Nikita Mazepin are all pointless. Um, in the constructors, uh, Red Bull Racing are now winning the world, uh, the constructor are uh, leading the constructors world championship on for 149 points one point ahead of mercedes that's how fucking tight it is this year isn't it uh who are on 148 points mclaren have 80 points two points ahead of ferrari and fourth with 78 points austin martin have 19 points in fifth in sixth alvatari have 18 in seventh alpine have 17 and again Alpha Romeo with that one single point, leaving Williams and Haas pointless. Anyway, let's get on to your Twitter comments. So this is going to be, I think, because I'm going to have to go into Instagram in a bit and find your other things. But until then, we'll do the, we will do the Twitter stuff because i have it right in front of me you wouldn't think i had it right in front of me because i'm taking a long fucking time to do it so bend over great isn't it uh lando lapsicado pretty much sums up danny's weekend yes it does um i mean that's i i don't know if daniel ricardo has ever been lapped without a technical problem before that would be interesting for somebody to find out for me i can't be bothered doing it but he really does need to work out what's going on here because, you know, it's... I wonder how... I, I Some people are struggling. Ricardo, Vettel, um, Alonso. I don't know why they're struggling. We're just going to... We're, we're just going to have to roll with it and see if they can all get their fucking heads together because they have to. You know, it's this can't go on. McLaren are hemorrhaging. You know, I, I, I know I said that Daniel Ricciardo has been scoring regular points, but when you look at what Lando's doing, they are hemorrhaging points. You know, it's Ricciardo should be closer to Lando on the scorecard, but he's just not. Um, Dean, I can't pronounce your surname. Porteous, Porteous, Dean Porteous. No idea. It looks uh, it looks foreign. I, I I struggle with fucking English names, let alone fucking foreign names. Are you South African? I know, I've seen. I know like South Africans that have got those sort of type surnames. Get in touch with me. Tell me. Um, a wild chimp could have been better at TV direction. Lots of people said this about TV direction. I didn't notice. So yeah, maybe maybe I just. I mean, usually usually I notice things like that, but just didn't fucking bother me this weekend maybe it's because i was too bored maybe it's because i was too bored and there was nothing going on maybe the fact that nothing was going on it was difficult for the tv director to actually fucking sort anything out uh really cool to see lando and carlos on the podium together yeah it was we got some of that nice sort of driver bands they definitely like each other don't they it's nice and Lando absolutely fucking weaponized a bottle of champagne, if you noticed at the end. He let everyone else squirt, uh, squirt theirs, and it looked like he had a fucking hose attached to the back of his. Uh, I love it when drivers smash the bottles on the deck as well. I always think it's really cool. If I was, if I was a famous something that involved spraying champagne around, I'd do that. Uh, Lewis must be fuming. Merck, t- uh, uh, the team were awful today. Oh yeah, and let Max uh, lap you before uh, before you get, uh, go for the fa- fastest lap. Um, 
yeah, it's bad times, wasn't it? Bad times for Mercedes. But I mean, yeah, Lewis must have been fuming, but it doesn't help, does it? It doesn't that that doesn't help. And you know, it's his problem started on Saturday. And I know there's some stuff about setup and things like that, but he did get done by his teammate. You know, Bottas was ahead of him. Um he had the same problems that Lewis had. So I don't think we can put all the blame on Mercedes here. Lewis had a bad weekend as well. It wasn't just Mercedes. Uh, get Serena Williams off the telly. I want to watch the Grand Prix. Uh, I did think it was very fucking strange. And lots of you uh, tagged me in comments talking about it that um, Max Verstappen had to wait aside while they interviewed Serena Williams um, when they were interviewing the top three of drivers. I can't remember them interviewing a flag waver before, before you know, in the middle of interviewing the drivers that have just competed in a race, let alone ahead of the winner of the Monaco Grand Prix. Dunno, fucking, you guys make your own fucking minds up about what you think of that. I'm going to be in enough trouble for uh, the conversations we had on Musi Audio. I'm not getting into it right here. So uh, the... Yeah, I uh, it's daft in my eyes. Um, I don't get it. I don't get why you would put anyone. And not I, it's not like a Serena anti Serena Williams thing. It's not a race thing. It's not an anti uh, like feminist thing. Um, I don't get why on the day where supposedly somebody has just won the jewel in the Formula One crown. Like, well, why would you? Why would you interview the flag waver before Max Verstappen? Max Verstappen that just absolutely rinsed the Monaco Grand Prix and is now leading the championship ahead of Lewis Hamilton. Right, and if you want to make that deal, if you want to make a deal about uh, uh, interviewing Serena Williams on the grid, maybe like, fine, do it. If you if you want to do it, if if you consider that interview at that time as important as the trophy giving for the fucking Monaco Grand Prix, then that's fine. Run with it. Whatever you want to do. I think it's fucking ridiculous, but I don't call the shots. Um, But if you're going to do it in between the drivers, you're going to do Lando Norris, you're going to do Carlos Sainz, you're going to do Serena Williams, and then you're going to do Max Verstappen. No, I'm going to call you out for being fucking dickheads. That's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. And I didn't realise how angry I was about it until right now. Um, uh, oh, yeah, sorry, it was Dean. Uh, oh, yeah, shout out for Mazepin, who didn't destroy anybody's house and finished in front of Schumacher. Clap, clap, clap. Uh, Nick Scalas, they should... Uh, should they find a way to make the race longer uh, to feel more like an endurance race? Question mark. Uh, finding a way around refueling these cars might be an issue. Well, yeah, I spoke about that last weekend, didn't I? Um, that's something to think about because, I mean, do we want more Monaco? Hmm. That's debatable, isn't it, after what we just saw? But the problem is that like the, the interesting stuff happens around Monaco as people get worn out, but nobody was worn out. Like, Carlos had like uh, didn't have a bead of sweat on him. Um, Mazepin has been known to do the smashy smashes and he got all the way around a Monaco Grand Prix without smashy smashing anything. So were the, the cars weren't quite as quick as I don't think I thought we I thought they were going to be. I don't know if we got a lap record out of them. Um, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know what the fix is apart from not go to Monaco anymore. And in, in my eyes, 
that's that would be the best thing for Formula One is not to go to the Monaco Grand Prix anymore. Uh, Darren Entwistle said, uh, "I know you really want to want it to work, but how long are you gonna uh, you gonna go before you give up uh, on Alonso? Waste of a seat." Uh, Daniel Ricciardo was lapped as well, lapped by his teammate. Not good. Uh, I agree. I, I I don't quite know what's going on with Fernando Alonso, but. I just I I still have this thing where I feel there's something when you have Alonso, Vettel, Perez, um, Ricardo, all struggling with moving teams after a massively hectic season last year, and then zero, very near zero testing this year. I um, there's got to be something else in it, hasn't there? And we'll know next year. We will know. We'll know next year because realistically, everything starts from zero next year because they're new cars. So, come next year, if Ocon is still down the road from Alonso, Lando is still rinsing Ricardo, then something's happened to them, and it's it's time for them to move on. But I just I don't believe that. That's the thing. I still think that all like every driver that's struggling right now in their team are all class acts, and the they should be doing better than they are. Uh, Austin Martin winning strategy for uh, battle of the day. Yeah. Austin Martin did a great, that was uh, Luke Jones said that a, um, a great race for Austin Martin. Like I said before, double points finish. It's all they can really hope for. Uh, Darren Entwistle said again, uh, new transition sounds on the replay through me. Yes. They threw me as well. Sound like something from a video game. Uh, Giles Mann, Let's imagine Serena Williams winning uh, the next tennis tournament and it's delayed for a male athlete uh, can talk about a different sport. It's, I agree. It's It was really weird. It was just a strange thing for them to do. And I hope there's enough social media backlash that next time that if we're going to interview celebrities or other sports stars, let's do it after we, like, you know, after the players of the day have had their their glory shall we that i don't i don't want to see owen wilson interviewed uh in between drivers at the american grand prix uh what else have we got uh if monaco is staying how can it be spiced up to make it not so dull would a sprint race help or mean we get two incredibly dull races uh Adam Kerr has said that he's uh, that it, even when the sprint races come in, if they were to come in for a full season, we won't be doing it around Monaco. It's already been said that it would be the, a classic Grand Prix like, situation. Um, I don't know. I mean, the only way to the uh, I don't. I think somebody else has said this later on. Maybe maybe it was on the Instagram posts. Um, so I'll leave their point for a second. And so I, I'm kind of only half answering yours. I suppose the only only other thing to do would be to make the cars smaller. That's the issue. The cars they're just they're just too fucking big at the minute to overtake each other. Um, Jeffet, Jeffet, what a crazy name, Jeffet twenty eight twenty eight on Twitter uh, said, "What do you think about making Monaco a young drivers race with half points for the constructors?" Uh, or fuck it off altogether. Uh, I mean, you, you'd still have the... Um, you'd still... You'd still have the same problem, wouldn't you? That's the issue. 
you're still going to have an incredibly dull race, whether it's junior drivers or not. Um, I think it's the cars that are the problem. It's not like Formula One drivers don't know how to race wheel to wheel. You know, they're, uh, they're, they're quite known for it. On the Instagram post, I just had to pause the podcast then because I'm doing a live stream in a little bit with um, the some of the great and good of UFO YouTube. And uh, I thought I was a fucking hour late. And then I remembered, not an hour late. I just need to get this shit done quickly and get over there. Um, this was sent in by Jeff Neen. Uh, Perez still uh, uh, still can't qualify, but performs uh, in the race. Norris regular uh, podium contender and is outperforming Daniel Ricciardo and handy in races. Vettel finally shows um, uh, finally shows a pulse, and that he's not uh, he's not mentally into twenty two already. Alonso is in twenty two already. I I agree with all that. To be perfectly honest, I think uh, I don't I don't think you put a bad fucking point across there, mate. Um, Valhalla's champions. I don't know. You guys got some fucking. <coughs> you guys got some weird names in your social media, and it doesn't help my dyslexic head. Uh, Ferrari took a big risk and lost many points. They did, but it was the only chance they had to win a race this year. Uh, Hammerhead. How uh, how about Hamilton's reaction any, uh, to any kind of adversity? He seems to think that having to race in the midfield is beneath him. Um, and even uh, the little thing isn't e and if every little thing isn't there uh, the way he wants it, uh, he gets petulant and gives up and blames other people around him. I kind of agree because I still believe that part of his problems was his fucking Saturday performance. So what you know he he can't blame it all on Mercedes as much as he'd like to. And even on setup, you know it's you are you're involved in the setup of the car. That's what practice is for. Um, Cody said, uh, not sure, but will Monaco ever be dropped? Seems to be uh, only for people like celebrities and F1 management. Apparently the drivers really enjoy doing it, but I mean, do they? Can it, can it, it, it must be so frustrating to be faster than somebody like Perez. Stuck behind Norris, knowing you should be on the podium, and you, there's just no way to get past. Not because you can't overtake, but there just isn't fucking room. Um, John D ninety, uh, do you think Monaco will improve uh, with the new race formula? This was half of what I was saying before about how why only half answered that um, that message. Uh, I we'll just have to see. I mean, obviously, if the car's got less downforce, less traction, it's it's going to make it harder. To, oh, sorry, less aero. It's going to make it easier to follow. So we should have cars closer together. I believe the car cars are a little bit narrower for the new formula, but I don't think it's by a great deal. I'm not sure. I've that will we'll just have to wait and see for that one. I fucking hope so. I hope that's a good enough answer for that. Um, Rufflewy? No idea. These are worse than the Twitter names, you fucking crazy fools. Uh, Salua seems to have backlash heavily against the team uh, for the problems they've encountered in the race. Uh, regarding his wish to uh, have a new contract in place before the summer break, I think he's further away from a deal than before. Uh, what are your thoughts? I think Lewis is good enough that he will get a new deal if he wants a new deal. I don't see Mercedes sacking him. But on the other hand, I get what you mean. 
and Lewis is getting towards that twilight area of his career and they need to do something with George Russell next year or he's out of contract. So that's I, I personally think that if George comes out of contract and Mercedes don't take him, I think Red Bull will. Um, why do they still race at Monaco from McKenney 48? Because of money. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was fucking shit, wasn't it? I hate that race. Uh, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad we won't see it for another year. The calendar was better last year without it on. Um, so, yeah, we just we just look forward to the next race. I look forward to speaking to you in the future. And um, I've got nothing else to say. If you want to uh, follow me on Twitter, come and follow me at Total Shunt. I'm sure most of you already follow me on social media. Um, if you want to support what I do, which isn't necessarily just this podcast, it's stuff like Must See Audio and the, any YouTube stuff I do. The It helps pay for the fucking hosting for things and it helps me pay for equipment and stuff like that. I don't make a million pounds out of doing podcasts by any stretch of the imagination. Even if I put it on Dogecoin at the right moment, I would still make small amounts of money. Um, so if you want to help me out, Go to Mussy Audio on Patreon. Mussy Audio is my brand. And you can sub to one of the categories. You should get podcasts early. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but realistically, it's just a tip jar that helps me do things like I'm doing. I mean, even down to doing the live stream with the UFO guys that's going going live. I mean, obviously, it'll have happened. So if you listen to Musty Audio podcasts, it will be going up on audio form on Musty Audio. Uh, but things like green screens and stuff like that, because I, I like to, even if though I'm not, I don't consider myself a YouTuber, I, I don't want to look fucking shabby while I'm doing it. So I do my best to try and give the impression of that sort of thing. So it helps with all that sort of stuff. You know, the I, I had to buy a new Mac and bought a new Mac mini the other day. The fucking things cost money, people cost money to get audio into your ears and if you want to help me out it's fucking there if you can't help me out i also imp- I, I understand that we are in fucking difficult times what costs you nothing is a share and a review and i could really do with the reviews on the formula one podcast uh because it's a new show with a new feed um if you're enjoying any of the content that i do then chances are we, we we stick we stick with people that sort of think similar to us most of the time. So if you're enjoying this, someone else you know will enjoy it. So give it a like, give it a share, pass it along to people, and uh, fuck Dogecoin, uh, fucking hot lap to the moon. See you later, guys. Bye bye. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast Network.